All right. Five, four. <laughs> Action. Welcome to Back on the Broomstick, a modern witch's spoken word grimoire, where two witchy friends from way back are reconnecting to their pagan roots after a long period of mundanity. We're rewalking the path of the wise and trying out all the latest spells, rituals, and magical theory in today's witchcraft and pagan practices. So grab your wand and your incense, your cauldron and your crystals, and join us as we get Back on the Broomstick. Hi, and welcome to Back on the Broomstick. I'm Layla. And I'm Shell. We're going to be talking about daily ways for you to get back on the broomstick, in particular using tarot cards and journaling. And you know, it feels like everything with us seems to always circle back to tarot. Ain't that just the thing? Kind of where it started. It is. It is. But, you know, I do like the idea of pulling a card each day. You know, getting back on the broomstick is hard because obviously something kicked you off the broomstick. So getting back on is hard. So even if you only did it like once a week or even once every two weeks, there's something to be said for it because it kind of gets you back into that mentality of being magical and present, at least for five, 10 minutes. You know, before we jump into getting that deep about it, though, Shell, I kind of want to talk about some witchy stuff that happened this week. In particular, I want to talk about the fact that we just had our one year podcast anniversary. So yay. I really wish I had champagne to pop. If you have like some way to put in a champagne pop into our sound, do it. Okay, future Layla, insert champagne pop noise here and a cheer. Yay! Yeah, that's pretty cool that we made it a whole year and things are going even better than I thought. But in particular, I wanted to talk about the present that I have been teasing you about for weeks finally arrived. So not only are we going to talk about my present that arrived, but we're also going to have a little lesson in karma here, folks. <laughs> If that's what you want to call it, I suppose. It is. I'm there. (laughs) So what we're talking about is I had commissioned the lovely hags, Hesper and Monica, over at Three Moon Brooms to create some custom witch brooms for Shell and I to commemorate our one-year anniversary of Back on the Broomstick. And, you know, first of all, thank you so much. I love you. Second of all, holy shit, these are the coolest things I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Oh my God, these chicks over at Three Moon Brooms, like they knock it out of the park with these brooms. Wherever you're getting your brooms presently, you need to stop in your tracks and go check out Three Moon Brooms because I was blown away. They're amazing. The craftsmanship, the artistry, I just love them. And I love the witches. I mean, let's just face it. They're amazing ladies. And okay, the karma part, I suppose, is I have been teasing Shell about this present forever. Weeks, 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 people, weeks. (laughs) Ever since I commissioned the hags to create these brooms, I have been holding it over Shell's head that she was getting a surprise. And she hates that. She even had my sweet love boyfriend in on this. And he's teasing me when she's not. They've put me through hell. Hell. It's been awesome. I absolutely so, loved so, every second of it. Why don't we talk about your karma? Let's, let's <laughs> talk about this. Why don't you tell people? Fine, fine. So the lovely hags sent me tracking numbers because, you know, magical items from one state to another. You want to keep track of that shit. Mundane and or not, I want Amazon giving me tracking numbers. Who are you kidding? That's right. So 
Shells was the one that I was mainly focused on. I was so excited about it. I watched it every second until it arrived at her door. Sadly, mine is still stuck somewhere in Illinois. Three days later. Yeah. So. But you know what, people? This is why Layla has to suffer, okay? (laughs) And, you know, it could be UPS. It could be the postal system. I don't know. But she knew my package came at 1030 in the morning. She knew that was a work at home day for me. And yet (laughs) she commissioned my man to make me wait until like six o'clock at night to open the (laughs) damn thing because she wanted a video. So here I sit all day looking at this package, knowing I can't open it. And I'm like, what the holy hell? And she's giggling, spending the whole day giggling. So. I got mine three days ago. You still don't have yours. That's what you get, my friend. Yeah, I guess so. Now, in my defense, I had thought it was going to get there at 9 p.m. at night when I asked your sweet love to take the video. Yeah, no, 1030 in the morning. I suffered all day. I know. Cherry on top. I loved every second. Yeah. I am suffering for it now, though. But I, I do want to put this out there for anybody who's worried about, you know, how am I going to order a full-size broom and have them ship it to me and have it, everything be okay? Let me tell you, folks, these ladies know their shit when it comes to packaging and packing this thing. It was at Fort Knox. It took me <laughs> 10 minutes to unwrap this thing. So if you have any fear of it getting ruined in transit, I assure you, it could not happen even with a nuclear bomb. <laughs> And while we wait for my sweet broom, whom I've named Hagatha, by the way, while we wait for Hagatha to get here, hopefully Shell will take lots of beautiful pictures and post them up on our Instagram so you can see this gorgeous broom that is kind of a sister to mine. How could I not? I got to torture you now. (laughs) All right. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So now that we've talked about our actual broomsticks, let's talk about some of the things that we have been doing this past year to help us get back on the broomstick. Again, circling back to tarot. (laughs) That's right. Right back to where we started, tarot and journaling. Now, I got to admit, it took me a minute with journaling. You've been trying to get me to journal shit one way or another since I've known you. And I've always kind of pushed back. And I was always surprised because you were always the keeper of knowledge. You kept that handwritten or typed out book of shadows for the entire coven, for yourself, you know, for everyone. So I was always really shocked that you didn't take it one step further and do journaling. But I'm very grateful that you did all the Book of Shadow work that you did. You know, I think it was more of a, we were kind of in a religiously, spiritually repressed area. And (laughs) putting it mildly, putting it mildly, it, it was some of it in the beginning was you don't want to write some of your thoughts and, and, and ideas and stuff down because God forbid someone come across it. Good point. Good point. And then it just kind of turned into writing all of the Book of Shadows stuff down. Like how many hours in a day can I be writing here, people? Because I had my own Book of Shadows. I was, I was, you know, scribing for, I was doing the Coven Book of Shadows. Your hand gets hurting after a while. <laughs> that's very true. And I think that's a big part of why I kept a largely digital book of shadows back then, because it it was a lot of writing. We were learning a lot. We were taking a lot of notes, man. There was writing everywhere. Yeah, but that was back during dial-up phase. And I didn't trust the internet with my digital stuff because the internet was like a week old 
and one click of the clickety click and it's gone. So I never trusted a digital book of shadows. And even with the coven, we had a lot of the stuff digitally, but I was the one still handwriting that shit out or I would put it in a Word document and print it out. So I had a hard copy, but I just never trusted digital because one wrong click and it's gone. Yeah. And it's definitely very nice to have the handwritten or the printed out. It, it's just, it's a different medium and it, I think it accesses a different part of the brain. I know for a fact for me that when I handwrite things in a journal, it's much more intentional and I'm much more present and it activates different parts of my brain. It feels different when I'm writing it as opposed to when I'm typing it. Well, actually, that's what I was going to just say is that with the Books of Shadows stuff, when I would hand write it, I retained it better, if that yeah. makes sense. Absolutely. I'm not saying that you don't retain stuff that you type because I obviously do, but there's there's something with handwriting it that I feel, at least for me, I retain it better if I'm writing it. Yeah, same. And I feel very much more connected to it when I'm writing it. It makes it more like a magical document. <laughs> it really Is there does. Such a thing? Mine are kind of a um, an amalgamation of both. I have handwritten, I have typed out things, I have scraps of paper, I have all sorts of things stuffed into my different journals and books of shadows. And I have more than one. I have several for different purposes. Dude, I could make a whole book of shadows just out of sticky notes and notepaper alone, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. It is not a neat process for me. Now, for some people, journaling or writing might be a neat process. But what what we're referring to doesn't necessarily have to be a diary, but it can be very much a part of an intentional daily practice. And the way that I do it is usually at night when I'm starting to wind down before I go to bed, that's when I'll pull out my tarot journal. I'll pull a card for the day. And I, you know, I write about the card, what it is, use my own intuition and my own feelings about the card. And then I, I look it up usually, even though I've been doing this for 30 plus years. After I write my own feelings about it, I will look it up. In particular, because I've chosen a deck that's very different than a traditional tarot deck. So again, it makes me engage different parts of my brain and makes me be much more present when I'm working with it. Well, I've kind of done this haphazardly on and off for decades. Oh, yeah. It's a great way to learn the cards or to get very much in touch with the cards as a reader. Well, I think I took more of the perspective of, you know, obviously you lived through it with me. You know, I had the kids and I had sports and I had band and I had theater and like I had shit, man. And sometimes I could do the pull and I could do part of the reading, but then one kid needs something. Oh my God, someone needs to get picked up. It's a ride, whatever. You know, I had to have a way to go back to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll look at my book of shadows and you know, I'm not an artist. I'm like the least thankful <laughs> artist. And what I would do is I would draw the little boxes to represent the cards in the shape of what whatever spread I did, you know, because I would use different spreads. Yeah. So I would draw the little boxes and then write what the card was in the box so that I could go back and look at the layout and then kind of do a little deep dive introspection on what the hell just happened. Oh here. yeah. Like the super esoteric shorthand K of C for like King right, of right. Cups. Or- <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't something I was doing every day, but when I would do a, a, a pull like that or do a spread for myself, I would document it in my book of shadows. 
And I go back now and look at some of them from, you know, 15, 20, 25 years ago. And I'm like, yeah, too bad I didn't listen to that. Whoa. (laughs) Right. I, in particular, always do a New Year's Eve spread or a New Year's Day spread. And I will keep that. It usually digitally, actually, I have it in a Google documents. I have like, (laughs) I have like decades of New Year's Eve spreads that I have done. I like birthday spreads. Birthday spreads are good too. I'm going to do Because I feel like that's my personal new year. Yeah. Yeah. Those mine are and great. mine alone, you know. Milestones. You know, it's always good to do them at milestones. But in particular, now I've found a lot of um, strength, I guess, a lot of serenity, a lot of personal journey. I guess I'm kind of on a personal journey right now, you know, getting back on the broomstick, getting back into witchcraft and using the cards just felt right because we have been doing this for so long. I mean, we were professional tarot readers at one point. We have an intimate connection with the tarot. And I mean, it's useful in so so many things. I mean, Carl Jung was fascinated with the archetypal images of the tarot because it is such a good tool to get in touch with yourself, to get in touch with your own personal journey and where you're at. So pulling a card or two a night has been really helpful for me to not just get in touch with my witchy side, but also to, you know, get in touch with myself and to kind of, you know, work through my own shit. Well, I have taken, as you know, probably a good five or so year break from tarot. Sometimes you need a break, man. (laughs) Well, you know, as you know, probably more so than I do, there was a point early back in the day where we were doing a lot of readings for other people. As well as workshops and giving classes and presentations on tarot. We were younger and a little less wiser. And I don't think that I was taking the proper precautions to be dealing with that many people's energy. And Mm. it was sucking the soul out of me. And I needed a break after a while. I started getting mad at having that break after about five or so years. I was like, what am I doing not doing tarot cards? Who the hell am I? Once you healed, you know, once you got through that and healed, then you were looking for that kind of connection again. But, you know, we always joke and we've joked about this on our podcast. We've joked about this. We've been guests on other people's podcasts. I have an addiction issue, people. And (laughs) let's just take a minute. putting it mildly, Shell. Let's just take a minute. You know, I like to call it more of a, I don't know if obsession is the right word, but I feel like appreciation. Appreciation. Addiction makes it sound bad. (laughs) I currently own, and I say currently because we all know that this will change. I currently own 178 tarot decks. Yes, you just heard that correctly, 178. She has a spreadsheet, people. I I have access to this spreadsheet. So do my kids. You know, you got to do what you got to do. It's alphabetical, at least. Um, But I like a lot of different cards for the look, but I only use a couple different ones. And about a year ago, around the time we we launched here, I threw you for a loop. 178 different decks. And you know I had a favorite for 100 billion years. Mm -hmm. But I decided to go back after that long break and start with kind of that OG deck. I got the... Pamela Coleman Smith version of the Rider Waite Smith deck. And I've been using that. Classic. It's a classic. And, but the funny thing is, with as many decks as I've always had, I always stayed away from the classic. I almost yeah. felt like, well, that's not cool enough. You know, I always stayed away from it. And this last year, there's something about it that I've been digging. I've been really digging it. I think when you use different decks, It can give you different perspectives on those cards. 100%. Yes. Because, you know, I always use that 
Alan Cannon read Witches Tarot. Well, the imagery of say the high priestess on that is different than the imagery on the right away right. Smith. You know what I mean? So you yes. can kind of start pulling different things by using different decks and, and and utilizing that different imagery. That's the beauty of it. And and we will get into a deep dive on tarot cards in another episode. I mean, we're gonna focus today more on using them as a tool to, you know, get back on the broomstick. But the tarot is such a beautiful thing because they are archetypal. They do have generic general meanings that they all pretty much follow. But there's also intuitive meanings. Oh gosh, yes. An artist or, you know, when you get these people together, like the deck that I'm using right now is Phyllis Curat's The Witch's Wisdom Tarot. The artist is Danielle Barlow, who's phenomenal. These cards are stunningly gorgeous. So you get the artist and the the author of these cards together and you get their magical synergy going and they're going to take these archetypal images that are the same the world round and add their own flavor and their own style to it and maybe bring out something that they see that's important to their particular deck and and that's why I love all these different ones because like you said you can really connect with some of them in different ways and that's why that whole stupid myth about you have to be gifted your first deck is the dumbest thing because you really need to connect with the deck. You might buy one based on the pictures and then realize as you're going through it that it really just doesn't fit you. And it's so important to find one that speaks to you and that you feel connected to. I always said that one day I was going to take all of these decks that I have and take a card or two from every deck and like create the perfect tarot deck. And the only reason I thought it wouldn't work is because all my decks, I mean, not all of them, but like there's some that are bigger, there's some that are smaller. And I'm like, they're not all like a uniform size. So I, I think that, you know, pulling a card every day is a good way to kind of feel that flow, get back into that flow. And if the energy isn't working with the deck you have, go get another one. Exactly. They talk about the whole gifting thing you just mentioned. Whatever, man. Go on Facebook Marketplace and you can actually find people who will be willing to swap decks or you can find free decks. If the deck you have isn't jiving with you, get a different one. Mm -hmm. Now, I've had a story before where I did have a deck that I did not jive with at all. Um, it was a, a deck an artist had made that was mostly collages. Beautiful, beautiful deck. But... Unfortunately, every single time I used it, it predicted doom and gloom. <laughs> no matter who I read for, it was all disease, death, your dog's going to get run over, your lover's going to leave you, everyone you know is going to die. And that was you know, a little traumatic to see over and over yeah. again. Yeah. So I ended up at one of those workshops I was just talking about. We were doing a presentation at a New York State school, uh, New York State College talking about tarot afterwards with a young person who was very, very interested in this deck just seemed to really want to be with them. So I kind gifted of them the deck. It did. And I was like, hey, apparently this was meant to be yours. Go forth and be happy together. And, you know, sometimes it just goes that way. My very first tarot deck, I hate. I still to this day hate it. I don't like really? it. It's in my collection. Don't get me wrong for nostalgia purposes, but I, I don't like it. I never liked it. And I almost gave up tarot because of it. Really? Did, now, did you buy it for yourself or did someone give it to you? I think I bought it for myself. I'm pretty sure I bought it for myself, but it would have been in one of those circumstances of that was the only one I could find. 
Gotcha. And also back in the day, we didn't have the internet to look these up. There wasn't even the encyclopedia of tarot decks that you could look them up in. We didn't even really have a metaphysical store. We had a card and gift shop that had a little back corner that was secret with witchy stuff. That's right. They pretended that they were a gift shop and they had the occult shit hidden in the back. And they did not allow you to open the decks. Most places would not allow you. So you basically had to look at the box and And make a decision. Right. And make, make a, a decision. Make a decision right there. And you might only have one, two or three choices, not the hundreds of choices that you have now. Now, you know, the decks that I've predominantly used and how I like the pretty and the flashy. Mm-hmm. My first deck was that Aquarian tarot. Oh, that's a weird tarot deck. So today we decided to talk about the, the cards we pull. And I find it very interesting because I pulled one and you pulled three. First of all, why did you pull three? Well, I intended to pull one card, but sometimes when you pull cards, more than one comes out with it. And that's kind of what happened here. So I pulled one card and I got three at once. So I decided to go with it. You know, when that happens, you just kind of have to let it go. Now, what deck did you use? I'm just nosy. That's okay. The deck I used is the Witch's Wisdom Tarot. And I've been using that for myself personally Again, because most of the decks that I've used have been um, the Rider Weight deck type. You know, the very first deck I got was a an old Rider Weight deck, and you know, kind of used those. I'm very familiar with that type of deck, no matter who has made it their own. This particular deck uses different names for the suits. It has, you know, different ideas, so it's enough different for me that it's like looking at it all new again. It kind of gives me a fresh perspective. So I very much like this deck as a personal reading deck. It kind of challenges you instead of giving you the same old, same old that you're used to with Rider Waite. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's it, And it definitely challenges my brain. It makes me think about the cards in a different way. Plus, they're stunningly gorgeous. I absolutely love the art on these cards. And that really helps me to, because I'm a visual reader when I read tarot. When I put the cards down for myself or someone else, I'm really looking at all the symbols in the cards, how they connect to each other, how they connect to how I'm feeling, the colors, the symbols, you know, the things in it. And these cards just are very rich in detail. So I like them a lot. And I kind of wanted to do the reverse, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I kind of did the reverse. I went from the beautiful, artsy, you know, different named suits and that back down to the basics. I kind of felt that after my break, I needed to kind of start over with the basics because I never used a basic deck. Right. Even in the beginning years ago, I never used a basic deck. So I just wanted to try something different that I've never done before and go to a basic deck. Yeah. So we we did the exact same thing oppositely. <laughs> it sounds about right. Now, I want to point out that, that we pulled our cards uh, for today separately right. and you did not know what I had. I did not know what you had. I did not know you were pulling three cards or I'd been like, oh, maybe I should too. <laughs> and I actually ended up guessing one of your cards. You did. When I pulled my cards, you said, what did you get? The Empress? And at first I said, no, I got the Goddess of Earth, which in this deck is um, the Queen of Pentacles. And then, you know, I saw I had three cards, one of which is the Great Mother. Boom. Otherwise known as? The Empress. And then, oddly enough, karmically enough, coincidentally enough, magically enough, your third card happened to be the same exact card that I pulled in my one card spread, which was the number eight, strength. Strength. 
Yep. And we both got that card. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention, kind of circling back to the journaling thing, is even if it's a one card, like I just did the one card, still write it down because what may make sense today and what makes sense tomorrow or a week from now could be two totally different things. Also, sometimes depending on life, moon phase, whatever's going on, who knows, you might have a clearer vision of it after mulling over it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And you should definitely write down all your impressions, just like Shell said, no matter what comes through, because like she said, it might not make sense now, but it might make sense six months from now when that particular thing comes to fruition or becomes more relevant in your life. So don't you know, don't discount what you get. You never know when it's going to become relevant. And also this goes for, for both sides of the coin, whether you're brand new and trying to learn tarot, or if you are a seasoned tarot pro, this is a good way to kind of really get to know the cards or, you know, like for, for a seasoned person, if you've got a new deck, it's a really good way to get to know your deck. Not only are you pulling a card for yourself and seeing what that means in your life and putting this big puzzle together. But you're also really immersing yourself in the cards. Because it's just one card or three, if you accidentally grab three, it's simpler. I mean, in my journal, I'm going to show Shell very quickly. It's, it's just a small journal. And I just write down like what the card is and what deck I used. And then I write down my impressions. And then I go to the book and I write down the things that jump out to me from the book definition. And I put that in there. And that really gives you a very well-rounded idea of what's what's in the card and, and what's in store for you. Now, two things that you mentioned that I just want to touch back on. First of all, you're, you're going into this, say you're going into this and you're like, all right, I'm going to do one card pull because that's what we both went into this in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Layla said, three cards jump out you didn't do it wrong. That doesn't mean you fucked up. That means you went into it with one card, but three of them got something to say to you. You know, be cognizant if cards fall out of the deck when you're shuffling or or be cognizant if, if you're trying to pull one card and two or three stick together and they come out. That's, I don't want to say that's normal, but it's not, you didn't mess up. You didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Sometimes they have more to say than just one card can contain. And right, right. You'll get to feel the difference between, oh, I just kind of dropped that and, oh, wow, that felt like it jumped out and it's important. And so you'll kind of be able to discern which it is. But honestly, either way in the beginning, like Shell said, it's a great way to immerse yourself in the cards. So if more than one jumps out, whether it was an accident or intentional, just go with it and see where it leads you. It'll definitely help you get more connected to the cards. And the other thing I wanted to point out is, you know, definitely write down your impressions, write down what the artwork means to you, like Layla said, but go back to that damn book. Every every deck comes with at least a little pamphlet book. Go back to that book. Even if you've been doing this 20 years, there ain't no shame in the game going back to the book. Don't take it as a damn gospel by any stretch. But the way I've always looked at these little books or the pamphlets or what have you is taking my intuitive thoughts taking what the book says and kind of putting them together and yes. see what I get out of it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So don't ever be embarrassed going back to that book definition. And the book definition, especially if you're using someone's personal created deck, 
is going to have slightly different variations, like we said earlier. It's going to have their intuition in it. Exactly. And so you want to learn that. You want to kind of immerse yourself in all of that. Write down yours first. Write down all the things, your impressions first, but then definitely go back to the book. But by getting into the habit of, of writing it down and doing it every day or as often as you can, it allows you to make that time a little more magical. And one of the offshoots of this that I have done is sometimes I'll turn that into a little meditation. You know, I'll pull that card and I'll take five minutes to, you know, pay attention to my breathing, to slow down, to really focus and meditate on that card, to just bring it up and bring that image up in my subconsciousness, in my third eye, and really try to connect with it and and just kind of center myself and sit with that card for a little bit. Lately, because it is right around in bulk, I've been lighting candles while I do it, which makes it that much nicer. And, and it really gets me into a very centered, quiet, you know, meditative, magical space. And I, I enjoy that time. And it's really helped to connect me with my witchy side. And it only takes like 10 minutes. Well, you know, in, in line with journaling, Layla and I are going to touch more on this in depth in an upcoming solarium. But I recently got a tarot journal in the mail and I was like, hey, that's a great idea. And it doesn't have to take up all that space in my book of shadows. (laughs) And, you know, one thing I've never done or thought about, and this has kind of prompted me, writing down the moon phase. So, you know, when you do pull a card, write down the moon phase or if there's, I don't know. If there's a storm moving through, if there's some type of rainstorm or if, if there's lightning. Or if Mercury's retrograde, right. you know, whatever whatever is, is going on, because these are all outside influences that could affect you in that moment. You know, mm-hmm. I might take something more serious outside of Mercury retrograde than maybe in because it's just a shit show, you know, so you got to kind of be aware of where you and the universe is at to get a full scope of what the cards are trying to say. Yes, I love that. And I actually love that you brought up the tarot journal because we did get these journals from Wiser. And I was a little skeptical at first because I do have like three different journals going right now. One where I do my morning meditation where I draw my sigil for the day. And then at night I do my tarot card pull. And I was like, why do I need yet another journal? You know, you were like, yay, I need one more. And I'm like, why one more now? Then I went through it and it's really freaking handy. It does kind of the same thing that I was doing in my journal. I I think what makes this one really good for me is all the imagery happens to match the deck I'm currently using. (laughs) The imagery Shell's talking about is one of the coolest parts of this journal. And that is the pages and pages and pages of tarot card stickers. You heard it. Stickers, stickers, stickers. tarot card stickers. I love these. <laughs> it is a typical Rider weight tarot cards. They're mini. They're smaller than a postage stamp, about half the size of a postage stamp. But it's in there so that when you do your spread, instead of like Shell used to and me too. I don't have to draw my boxes anymore. Right? No more drawing boxes with, you know, Q of P. Right? You can go get the actual tarot card sticker and put it on your page which is so freaking fun. I've already decided to use some of them in spell work though. So hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> some I'm totally stealing from the journal and going to use in spell jars and in other spells because they're that cool. Really, the point is if you are kind of charting your tarot journey, it turns into a journey instead of just kind of this thing you're doing here and there. It, it makes it a journey because you can reflect back and You know, I think that 
starting off our new podcast year with a pull is a great idea. And, you know, you look at these cards and if you focused every day, say you did this for 78 days, there's a whole tarot deck. So whether you are new or old to tarot, it gives you time to become one with tarot or become one with tarot again. Okay. You you keep saying journey. So I can't not talk about the fool's journey. The whole central big theme of the tarot deck is the fool's journey. It's basically the major arcana. Like Shell said, if you actually wanted to do a deep dive into your own psyche and rather than do random card pulls, if you wanted to actually follow a magical journey, there's books on it. There's all sorts of things online, but you start with the fool and you you follow the fool through a magical journey as they find teachers, as they learn about themselves, as they learn about the world and magic and then go through the whole thing. And so that can be a very deep and meaningful journey. You can do that in conjunction with shadow work. It's very, very powerful, but that's a, a different type of, um, I would say that's deeper magic than just doing random card pulls. That's much more intentional and more of a, a longer term journey, I would think. But I think with the, with the pulling a card every day, now I agree with you. You said you do this at night. You're going to find where places, oh, you got to do this first thing in the morning. <laughs> Bitch, I can't think first thing in the morning. Come on. <laughs> I'm not a morning person. At night, I can put kind of that energy and that thought and that time into it. And I think that by doing that, it kind of centers you a little bit more. It does. It's almost like a ritual without casting the circle and calling the quarters and all of that. You know, yeah. it's like it's like a mini ritual and you get insight as a bonus, you know? You know, you actually made me think of something, Shell, that I hadn't really realized until now. In the morning, you know, I, I have my caffeine, I, I have my wake and bake, I have my little sun ritual. I journal a little bit and I do sigil drawing then. I'll draw a sigil for the day. And I, I started this back at Brushwood when I was doing the festival circuit. I really liked drawing a sigil to represent something that I wanted out of the day. And that works for me in the morning because when I do sigil work, I tend to be very, not spacey, but you know how you kind of feel in the morning where you're, you're awake, you're not aware, quite awake, but yeah, you're kind of zony. You have like the early morning stairs. I call it groggy, but yeah, groggy, I get you. yeah, yeah. You know, you. you're kind of zoned out. You're there, but you're not really there. That's the kind of magical mind state I like to be in when I draw a sigil, when I create sigil work. And that, so that works perfectly in the morning. Whereas the cards are much more intentional. It's more brain work. I think I need to think about it more. I need to pay attention more. And so as I'm winding down for the day, it really does help me to put away the day, pay attention to my cards and kind of recenter and get back to myself. And I hadn't really thought about it until you said that, that my brain wouldn't work for tarot in the morning, but it does work for it at night. So you have to find what works for you, I guess is the point. I mean, this goes back to just because some Yahoo says it online doesn't mean that's the gospel. You know, if you want to do your tarot pull at three in the afternoon, rock on with your bad self, whatever works for you. But I think that if, if, if tarot is something you're into, and you can do this with other things, it doesn't have to be tarot. You can do, like you and I have talked a billion times, uh, you and your husband do room pulls daily, or you can do bone throwing daily. Or, you know, you could use your pendulum, whatever the case may be. But I think some sort of 
divinatory exploration within yourself isn't a bad way to kind of get into a groove. Magically. And I highly recommend trying to do it at the same time or roughly the same time every day. It really helps to not only keep it a habit, but it also helps to get you into that magical mindset. You know, if you're doing this at roughly 10 p.m. every day or whatever, it's going to be easier for you to not only remember to do it, but to get into that magical space and into that meditative space. I totally disagree with Layla here, folks. Um, you do it whenever it works. <laughs> you, you know, and, and and I think part of that is just because I've always had that that busy mom life right. where I can't necessarily always commit to the same exact time every day. And even at late at night, you know, my kids, you don't know what's happening, right. you know, so I can't say at 10 o'clock every night, I'm going to do this because it might not work out that way, but it's in my mind. Okay. It's, it's evening or it's nighttime. I, I need to fit this in. So I do disagree with the exact time, but maybe the same, try to stick with the same time of day, whether it's morning, afternoon, nighttime, whatever. Yeah. Whatever works for you. The main important thing is to try to find something whether it's making your coffee in the morning with intention, drawing sigils for the beginning of the day, you know, or meditating on your crystals in the middle of the afternoon, whatever it is that works for you, find that five, 10 minutes that really helps you to feel magical, to feel like a witch, to feel like you are moving energy for yourself and to try to do that every day as much as possible. Now I did for Embalk do a, it, it was supposed to be much to you, uh, uh, three card spread and a fourth card popped out. So check out my post on Instagram and our posts on Facebook to see what cards I pulled. But tarot works for every occasion. And I think that's why I always go back to it. It can be meditative. It can be informative. It can just be educational. I mean, you can you can take tarot from so many different angles, you know, and, and I think that incorporating something so universal into your daily magical life can kind of help you maybe expand out to other things that you weren't thinking of or aware of. Tarot is a beautiful thing. I could talk for a hundred hours on tarot. Same. I, it really, really is. And you don't have to use it as a divinatory tool. Oh, absolutely not. It does not have to be something that you are you know, psychic or get messages from the other side. You can simply use it as a, a meditative tool, a way to get in touch with yourself. These images are archetypal, they're universal, they're meant to speak to most people. And now there are thousands of decks out there and please buy them from a reputable source. Do not buy Timu tarot decks. Please, 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 please. If your tarot deck comes with a QR code and not a book, it is counterfeit and the artists and authors do not get credit or any money for that. So please do not Timu your decks. But anyway. I'm an I'm an expert at buying tarot decks. So if anybody has any questions, you just shoot me a message. There you go. I need, I need that on a business card. Expert tarot deck buyer. Expert. She is the tarot deck expert. Absolutely. But Jessica Dore is one of my favorite authors for tarot. And she does tarot readings, but she uses it mainly from a psychological perspective not as a divinatory tool. She does readings for herself, for other people, but she talks a lot about it being a way to get in touch with yourself. And I used to follow her on Twitter. I don't go there now that it's a cesspool, but but she's, she's on social media. And um, she has a book, Tarot for Change, 
fabulous book. It's Tarot for Change, Using the Cards for Self-Care, Acceptance, and Growth, which is exactly what we're talking about here. And if it's scaring you because you think it has to be a divination tool, don't let it bother you. Just use it because the images are fantastic. There's Oracle decks. There's a million tarot decks. You'll definitely find one that resonates with you and the images really speak to you. It can be such a great way to get in touch with your subconscious. And I think that's where my my addiction slash obsession came into play is there are so many beautiful decks to choose from and it really comes down to what's your flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can find pop culture ones. There's the Sanderson Sisters Tarot. There's Scooby-Doo Supernatural tarot. tarot. The Supernatural Tarot, right. I have that. <laughs> There's tarot based on different types of classical artists. There's the Dolly Tarot. Yeah. yeah. There's holiday tarots. You know, we talked a couple episodes back how we how we got the Yuletide tarot, Celtic, Egyptian, African, Asian, you name it, there's a deck for it. Whatever you're looking for, fantasy decks, cats, dragons, turtles, <laughs> everything. There's everything. Gummy bears, own that one too. Gummy bear, of course there's a gummy bear tarot. And of course you have it. Why well, am yeah. I not surprised? <laughs> so yeah, get yourself a tarot deck, get yourself an oracle deck. They're gorgeous. They're a lot of fun. And it's really great way to get back on the broomstick and to incorporate something witchy into your everyday life that helps you get in touch with your own magic. And it really isn't that hard to do. And, you know, the one thing about tarot is that I love the most is it's a good on the go thing. Put it in your pocket, you know, put it in your purse, off you go. And, you know, just to be all silly and weird, it's a good party trick too. <laughs> just saying. Just I can't saying. Tell, you know, honestly, shy, introverted, awkward me definitely used tarot in college to break the ice. I am very much guilty of that. She ain't lying. That's how I met her. <laughs> I would do tarot readings for people in the lunchroom. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Before I remember. and after we played Magic the Gathering. Or spades. Or spades, that too. And then we played tarot. <laughs> hey, that's how it all started. It was originally a game back in Italy. But again, we digress. That's right. We'll get into that in another episode where we do a deep dive on tarot and the history and all that jazz. But let it, you know, if you do a card pull every day, let us know. Tell us what you do. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, because we're interested because we're digging this pull a day thing. And if you have a favorite Oracle deck or a favorite tarot deck that you think maybe we haven't heard of or we should hear of. Let me know because I'll need to buy it. <laughs> She'll put it on her list. I'm sure she will. Or if there's one that you're curious about, we can hit up some of our sponsors and see if we can get one to review for you. So, you know, let us know. What do you like? What do you want to see? And while you're letting us know, don't forget, like, subscribe, shout us out, give us a nice comment, shoot us an email, get us on Instagram, get us on Facebook, both Back on the Broomstick, our website, backonthebroomstick.com, and definitely tell your friends. Stay wise, stay wicked. Stay witchy, folks.